You are listening to RudolfSteinerAudio.com. If you are listening to the podcast of this, it is located at RudolfSteiner.Podbean.com. Please consider becoming a patron. As well, there are two publishing houses, SteinerBooks.org in America and RudolfSteinerPress.com in England, who are the sole publishers of Steiner into English and have given me permission to do these recordings. Please consider patronizing them as well. This is a reading of a compilation of lectures on the festivals by Rudolf Steiner entitled The Festivals and Their Meaning. This is Lecture 3 in the Christmas section. The title is The Birth of the Sun Spirit as the Spirit of the Earth, The Thirteen Holy Nights, given in Hanover on the 26th of December, 1911. When the candles are lit on the Christmas tree, the human soul feels as though the symbol of an eternal reality were standing there and that this must always have been the symbol of the Christmas festival, even in the far distant past. For in the autumn, when outer nature fades, when the sun's creations fall, as it were, into slumber, our organs of outer perception must turn away from the phenomena of the physical world. Then the soul has the opportunity, and not only the opportunity but the urge, to withdraw into its innermost depths in order to feel and to experience, quote, now when the light of the outer sun is faintest and its warmth feeblest, now is the time to withdraw into the darkness and find the inner spiritual light within. Close quote. The lights on the Christmas tree stand before us as a symbol of the inner spiritual light that is kindled in outer darkness. And because we feel the spirit light of the soul shining into the darkness of nature, as an eternal reality. We imagine that the illumined fir tree shining out to us on Christmas night must have been shining ever since our earthly incarnations began. And yet it is not so. It is only one or at most two centuries ago that the Christmas tree became a symbol of the thoughts and feelings which arise in us at the Christmas season. The Christmas tree is a recent symbol, but each year anew it reveals to us a great eternal truth. That is why we imagine that it must always have existed, even in the remote past. It is as if the Christmas tree itself resounds with divine revelation from cosmic expanses, from heavenly heights. We can feel this to be the soul's unfailing source of peace issuing from our goodwill. And so it also resounded in the Christmas legend, when the shepherds visited the child whose birth we celebrate on Christmas Day. It rang forth to the shepherds, revealing the divine forces at work in cosmic expanses, in heavenly heights, and bringing unfailing peace to the human soul when it is of goodwill. For centuries and centuries people could not believe that the symbolic content of the Christmas festival had ever had a beginning. They felt in it the hallmark of eternity. Christian ritual has, for this reason, clothed the eternal quality of what takes place symbolically on Christmas night in the words, quote, To us Christ is born anew. Close quote. It is as though every year the soul is called upon to feel anew a reality which it seems could only have happened once. The eternity of this symbolic happening 
is brought home to us with infinite power if we have a true feeling for the symbol itself. Yet, as late as A.D. 353, 353 years after Christ Jesus had appeared on earth, the birth of Jesus was not celebrated, even in Rome. The festival of Jesus' birth was celebrated for the first time in Rome in the year A.D. 354. Before then, the day of supreme commemoration for those who understood something of the deep wisdom contained in the mystery of Golgotha was the 6th of January, not the 24th or 25th December. The Epiphany was celebrated as a kind of birth festival of the Christ during the first three centuries of our era. It was a festival to remind human souls of the descent of the Christ Spirit into the body of Jesus of Nazareth at the baptism by John in the Jordan. Until the year A.D. 353, this was commemorated on the 6th of January as the festival of Christ's birth. For during the first centuries of Christendom, an inkling still survived of the mystery that is of all mysteries the most difficult for mankind to grasp, the descent of the Christ being into the body of Jesus of Nazareth. What were the feelings of those who had some inkling of the secrets of Christianity during its first two centuries? They said to themselves, quote, The Christ Spirit is interwoven with the world, revealed to us through the senses and through the human spirit. Close quote. In the far distant past, this Christ Spirit revealed itself to Moses. The secret of the human eye, capital, resounded to Moses as it resounds to us from the symbol on the Christmas tree, from the sounds E-A-O, the Alpha and the Omega, preceded by the I, capital. This was what resounded in the soul of Moses when the Christ Spirit appeared to him in the burning bush. And this same Christ Spirit led Moses to the place where he was to recognize him in his true being. This is described in the Old Testament, where it is said that the Lord led Moses to Mount Nebo, quote, over against Jericho, close quote, and showed him everything that must still come to pass before the Christ Spirit could incarnate in the body of a man. To Moses on Mount Nebo this Spirit said, quote, But thou, to whom I revealed myself in advance, mayest not bear what thou hast in thy soul into the evolution of thy people. For they have first to prepare what is to come to pass when the time is fulfilled. Quote. And when, after many centuries, the evolutionary preparation had been completed, the same Spirit by whom Moses had been held back did indeed reveal himself by becoming flesh, by taking on a human body, that of Jesus of Nazareth. Mankind as a whole was thereby led from the initiation stage, signified by the word Jericho, to the stage represented by the crossing of the Jordan. In the early centuries of Christianity, those who understood its true import upheld the significance of the Jordan baptism at which the Son-Earth Spirit, the Christ, 
descended into Jesus of Nazareth. This birth of Christ was celebrated as a mystery in the early Christian centuries. The Gnostics, those remarkable enlightened men who lived at the turning point of the Old and New Eras, perceived what we are now preparing ourselves to perceive through anthroposophy, through the wisdom of the fifth post-Atlantean epoch. They perceived the Christ mystery by different means from us, through the last vestiges of clairvoyance, Yet the content of their vision was the same. The Gnostics' teachings trickled through into the world, and although what had actually come to pass in the event indicated symbolically by the Jordan baptism was not widely understood, people nevertheless sensed that the Son Spirit had been born as Earth Spirit, that a cosmic power had shone out within an earthly man, the birth of Christ in the body of Jesus of Nazareth, the appearance of Christ on earth, was celebrated in the early centuries of Christendom on the 6th of January. But insight, even dim, uncertain insight into this deep mystery, faded away more and more as time went by. The age came when people could no longer comprehend that the being called Christ had been present in a physical human body for three years only. More and more it will come to be realized that what was accomplished for the whole of earth evolution during those three years in the physical body of a man is one of the very deepest and most difficult mysteries to understand. From the fourth century onward, the powers of the human soul, which were preparing for the approach of the materialistic age, were not strong enough to grasp this deep mystery From our time on, it will come to be understood in ever greater measure. But at that period, as the outer power of Christianity increased, so the inner understanding of the Christ mystery faded. The festival of the 6th of January ceased to have any essential meaning. The birth of Christ was placed thirteen days earlier and envisaged as coincident with the birth of Jesus of Nazareth. But in this very fact we are confronted by something that must always be a source of inspiration and thanksgiving. The 24th, 25th of December was fixed as the day of Christ's nativity because a great truth had been lost, as we have heard. And yet such profound meaning lay behind it that although the people responsible knew nothing of it, we cannot but marvel at the subconscious wisdom with which the festival of Christmas Day was instituted. Divine wisdom was at work in the fixing of this festival. Just as divine wisdom can be perceived in outer nature, if we know how to decipher what is revealed there, so we can perceive it working in the unconscious human soul when we consider the following. In the calendar, the 24th of December is the day dedicated to Adam and Eve the next day being the festival of Christ's nativity. Thus the loss of an ancient truth caused the date of Christ's birth to be placed thirteen days earlier and to be identified with the birth of Jesus of Nazareth. But in a most wonderful way, the birth of Jesus of Nazareth was linked with the thought of our origin in earth evolution, our origin in Adam and Eve. All the wonderful institutions 
connected with this festival of Jesus' birth were alive in the human soul, though inaccessible to waking consciousness. Such feelings, if one examines them closely, speak a wonderful language. Understanding was lost for what should have been celebrated on the 6th of January, for what streamed into mankind from cosmic worlds. And yet, through the hidden forces at work in unconscious depths, the human soul and spirit was presented to humanity in the form in which it descends into the physical body and begins to take possession of it, was presented as the soul of the newborn child, still untouched by the effects of contact with the physical body, as the child at the beginning of physical evolution on earth. But this is not a human child in the ordinary sense. It is the child who was there before human beings had reached the point of the first physical embodiment in earth evolution. This is the being known in the Kabbalah as Adam Kadmon, the man who descended from divine spiritual heights with all that he had acquired during the periods of Saturn, Sun and Moon. The human being in his spiritual state at the very beginning of earth evolution, born in the Jesus child, This was presented to mankind by a divine wisdom in the festival of Jesus' birth. At a time when it was no longer possible to understand what had descended to earth from cosmic worlds, from heavenly spheres, remembrance was engraved into human souls of their origin, of their state before the advent of the Luciferic forces in earth evolution. It was no longer understood that at the baptism by John in the Jordan there had come into human souls the self-revealed power of the divine so that peace might reign among people of goodwill. Yet when this event could no longer be understood or celebrated another affirmation was presented in its place. The affirmation that at the beginning of earth evolution before the Luciferic forces began their work we possessed a nature and being that can inspire us with undying hope. The Jesus of the Gospel of St. Luke, not the Jesus described in the Gospel of St. Matthew, is the child before whom the shepherds worship, hearing in their souls the words of divine revelation from heavenly heights that bring peace to people of goodwill. This festival came about for the centuries in which a higher reality was beyond human understanding. It is a festival which reminds us each year that although we may not be able to gaze into the heavenly heights and recognize the great Sun Spirit, yet we bear within us, from the time of our earthly beginning, a pure child soul, unsullied by the effects of physical incarnation. The forces of this child soul can give us the firm confidence that we can be victorious over the lower nature which clings to us as the result of Lucifer's temptation. The festival of Jesus' birth was linked with remembrance of Adam and Eve to show that at the place visited by the shepherds a human soul had been born in the state of innocence in which the soul existed before the first incarnation on earth. Since the birth of the God was no longer understood, human birth was commemorated at this festival. 
For however greatly our forces threaten to decline and our sufferings to gain the upper hand, there are two unfailing sources of peace, harmony, and strength. We are led to the first source when we look out into cosmic space, knowing it to be pervaded by the weaving life, movement, and warmth of divine spirit. When we hold fast to the conviction that this divine spiritual power weaving through the universe can, if we do not allow our strength to fail, permeate our being, we have the Easter thought, a source of hope and confidence flowing to us from the cosmic spheres. The second source can spring from the dim inkling that as a being of soul and spirit, before we became the prey of luciferic forces at the beginning of earthly evolution, we were still part of the very same spirit which in the Easter thought we look toward cosmic worlds to find. Turning to the source to be found in our own original being, before the onset of the Luciferic influence, we can say to ourselves, quote, whatever may befall you, whatever may torment you and draw you down from the shining spheres of the Spirit, your divine origin is an eternal reality, hidden though it be in the depths of the soul. Recognition of this innermost power of the soul will give birth to the firm assurance that the heights are within your reach. And if you conjure before your soul all that is innocent, childlike, free from life's temptations, free from all that has already befallen human souls through many incarnations since the beginning of earthly evolution, then you will have a picture of the human soul as it was before these earthly incarnations began. Close quote. Steiner again. But one soul, one soul only, remained in this condition the soul of the Jesus child described in the Gospel of St. Luke. This soul was kept back in spiritual worlds when the other human souls began to pass through their incarnations on the earth. This soul remained in the guardianship of the holiest mysteries through the Atlantean and post-Atlantean epochs until the time of the events in Palestine. Then it was sent forth into the body predestined to receive it, and became one of the two Jesus children, the child described in the Gospel of St. Luke. Thus did the festival of Christ's nativity become the festival of the birth of Jesus. What we believe to be born anew symbolically every Christmas night is, rightly understood, the human soul in its original nature, our childhood spirit as it was at the beginning of earth evolution, when it descended as a revelation from heavenly heights. And when the human heart can become conscious of this reality, the soul is filled with the unshakable peace that can bear us to our lofty goals, if we are of good will. Mighty indeed is the word that can resound to us on Christmas night, if we can truly understand it. Why was it that the festival of Christ's birth was set back thirteen days? and became the festival of the birth of Jesus? To understand this, we must penetrate into deep mysteries of human existence. Of outer nature, we believe, because we see it with our eyes, that what the rays of the sun charm forth from the depths of the earth, unfolding into beauty through the spring and summer, withdraws into those same depths at the time when the outer sun is weakest 
and that what will spring forth again the following year is being prepared in the seeds within the depths of the earth. Because our eyes bear witness, we believe that the seed of the plant passes through a yearly cycle, that it must go down into the earth's depths in order to unfold again under the warmth and light of the sun in spring. But we do not so readily understand that the human soul, too, passes through such a cycle. Nor is this revealed until we can be initiated into the great mysteries of existence. Just as the force contained in the seed of every plant is bound up with the physical forces of the earth, so is the inmost being of the human soul bound up with the spiritual forces of the earth. At the time we know is Christmas, the human soul descends into deep, deep spirit realms, drawing strength from these depths, as does the seed of the plant, for its blossoming in spring. What the soul undergoes in these spirit depths of the earth is entirely hidden from ordinary consciousness. But for one whose eyes of spirit are opened, the thirteen days and thirteen nights between the twenty-fourth of December and the sixth of January are a time of deep spiritual experience. Parallel with the experience of the plant seed in the depths of the natural earth, there is a spiritual experience in the earth's spirit depths, truly a parallel experience. And the seer for whom this experience is possible, either as the result of training or through inherited clairvoyant faculties, can feel himself penetrating into these spiritual depths, During this period of the thirteen days and nights, the seer can behold what must come upon us because we have passed through incarnations under the influence of the forces of Lucifer since the beginning of earthly evolution. The sufferings in Kamaloka that we must endure in the spiritual world because Lucifer has been at our side since we began to incarnate on the earth. The clearest vision of all this is to be found in the mighty imaginations which can come before the soul during the thirteen days and nights between the Christmas festival and the festival of the 6th of January, the Epiphany. At the time when the seed of the plant is passing through its most crucial period in the depths below, the human soul is passing through its deepest experiences. The soul gazes at a vista of all that we must experience in the spiritual worlds, because under Lucifer's influence we alienated ourselves from the creating powers of the world. This vision is clearest to the soul during these thirteen days and nights, preparing it in the best way for the appearance of what may be called the Christ imagination. This can make us aware that by gaining the victory over Lucifer, Christ himself becomes the judge of the deeds of human beings during the incarnations affected by Lucifer's influence. The soul of the seer lives on from the festival of Jesus' birth to that of the Epiphany in such a way that the Christ mystery is revealed. It is during this time that the soul can grasp most deeply of all the import and meaning of the baptism by John in the Jordan. It is remarkable that during the centuries of Christendom, wherever powers of spiritual sight developed in the right way, 
It was known to seers that vision penetrated most deeply during the period of the Thirteen Holy Nights, at the time of the winter solstice. Many a seer, either schooled in the mysteries of the modern age or possessing inherited powers of clairvoyance, makes it evident to us how at the darkest point of the winter solstice the soul can have vision of all that we must undergo because of our alienation from the Christ Spirit. How redemption and catharsis were made possible through the mystery enacted in the baptism by John in the Jordan and then through the mystery of Golgotha. And how the visions during the thirteen nights are crowned on the 6th of January by the Christ imagination. Thus it is correct to name the 6th of January as the day of Christ's birth. And these thirteen nights as the time during which the clairvoyant powers in the human soul discern and perceive what must be undergone in the incarnations leading from Adam and Eve to the mystery of Golgotha. During my visit to Christiania last year, it was interesting to me to find these thoughts, which I have expressed in various ways in many lectures on the Christ mystery, embodied in a beautiful saga known as the Dream Legend, in quotes. Strange to say it has come to the fore in Norway during the last ten to fifteen years. It has become familiar to the people, although its origin is, of course, very much earlier. This legend relates in a wonderful and beautiful way how Olaf Astesen is initiated, as it were, by natural forces. He falls asleep on Christmas Eve, sleeps through the thirteen days and nights until the 6th of January, and lives through all the terrors which the human being must experience through incarnations from the earth's beginning until the mystery of Golgotha. And it relates how, when the 6th of January has come, Olaf Astesen has the vision of the intervention of the Christ Spirit in humanity, the Michael Spirit being his forerunner. I hope that on some other occasion we shall be able to present this poem in its entirety, for then you will realize that consciousness of vision during the thirteen days and nights survives even today, and is in fact returning. A few characteristic lines only will now be quoted. The poem begins, quote, Come, listen to me and hear my song, the song of a wonderful youth. I'll sing you of Olaf Astason, who slept many days, tis the truth. Twas Christmas Eve when down he lay and slept so long, all unknowing. He never woke till the thirteenth day, when to church the people were going. Yes, it was Olaf Astason, who lay so long a-sleeping. Close quote translated from a German version of the dream legend by ECM. Uh, readers aside, I'm assuming ECM is Eleanor Mary, but I'm not sure. End of readers aside. Steiner again. And so the poem goes on, relating how in his dream during the thirteen days and nights, Olaf Astason is led through all that must be experienced of Lucifer's temptation. A vivid picture is given of Olaf Astesen's journey through the spheres where human beings have the experiences of Kamaloka, which we have so often described, and of how the Christ Spirit, preceded by Michael, streams into this vision. 
With the coming of Christ in the Spirit, it will become more and more possible for people to know how the spiritual forces weave and hold sway, how the festivals have not been instituted by arbitrary opinions, but by the cosmic wisdom which so often lies beyond the reach of our consciousness, yet works and reigns throughout history. Cosmic wisdom has placed the festival of the birth of Jesus at the beginning of the thirteen days. While the Easter festival can always be a reminder that contemplation of the cosmic worlds will help us to find within ourselves the strength to conquer all that is lower, the Christmas thought, if we understand the festival, which commemorates man's divine origin, and the symbol before us on Christmas Day in the form of the Jesus child, says to us ever and again that we can find within ourselves the powers which bring peace to the soul. True peace of soul is present only when that peace has sure foundations, when it is a force enabling us to know that something lives in us which, if truly brought to birth, can and must lead us to divine heights, to divine powers. The lights on this tree are symbols of the light which shines in our own souls. When we grasp the reality which the Jesus child, in its state of innocence, proclaims to us symbolically on Christmas night, the inmost being of the human soul itself, innocent, tranquil, leading us along our life's path to the highest goals of existence. May these lights on the Christmas tree say to us, quote, If ever your soul is weak, if ever you believe that the goals of earth existence are beyond your reach, think of the human being's divine origin and become aware of those forces within you which are also the forces of supreme love. Exert your greatest strength to become inwardly conscious of the forces which will give you confidence and certainty in all that you do, through all your life, now and in all ages of time to come. Close quote. The end of Lecture 3